Welcome to the Grace Experience with Grace Wood. Being raised as a devout Sunni Muslim woman, but much like the Apostle Paul, radically saved by Jesus with her own Damascus Road experience. Let's join Grace now and learn the lessons that she has learned from her Heavenly Father and rekindle our relationship with Him. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Grace Wood. Good afternoon, everybody. As many of you know, I am a former Sunni Muslim, and in previous shows, I have talked about the month of Ramadan, which we are currently in, which is one of the holiest months uh, for Muslim people. Um, I want to share with you guys something that I have been doing and that the Holy Spirit placed on me to do. Fasting lasts between 29 to 30 days. And so what I've started doing was, I went on a fast as well. I'm currently on a fast. And I would like for you guys to join me if you could, or if you would, I would certainly encourage you to talk to the Spirit of God. But most importantly, if you don't fast, I would ask you to please pray with me. What I'm doing as well as fasting is this, Muslims pray five times a day and during the month of Ramadan, they pray extra prayers. And so I have been getting up the times when they would get up and I have been praying. I feel very strongly about this. I wouldn't say that I'm burdened, but I would say that I'm travailing in the spirit realm because I want not only my loved ones, but Muslims across this planet to know Jesus Christ as God, as the true living God, because I remember how I felt as a Muslim. And I want people to experience the liberation and freedom that comes with one that belongs to Christ. So today I want to talk about why pray for Muslims and just educate you on some of the things that you may not know so that it would do something on the inside of you. It would create a compassion perhaps. Not saying you're not compassionate, but give you the desire to pray for these beautiful people. So why pray for Muslims? Because every Muslim is unique and wonderful in God's eyes. It's important to have a right heart attitude concerning them. Yes, I said heart attitude. Because every Muslim is someone who God loves and one for whom Christ died. And this is why we are praying. Because Jesus shed his blood. The Bible says in Revelation 5.9, Worthy are you, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood, men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. But there's something that stops Christians from praying for Muslims. I believe it's because there's a misunderstanding of the culture. And I think there's a lot of stereotypes. or We presume that all Muslims are the same. And we have, there's prejudices and fears. So we should ask God to give us a heart filled with love and compassion towards them. We need to pray in faith and confidence that God will hear us and move powerfully in answer to our prayers. The Bible says in John chapter 14 verses 12 to 14, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than this because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me anything in my name and I will do it. We are so blessed that God said, if you use the name of Jesus, I will do it for you. I want to talk a little bit about the prejudices and the stereotypes. I remember when I was growing up, I grew up in a household that were hardcore evangelists. We were being trained to go out and convert Christians to Islam. 
So from the time that I can remember, I've been trained in evangelism, right? So evangelism comes natural to me because from the time I could speak, my mom was training me. I was being trained to take over her ministry. And I remember never one time did my mother ever teach us to hate anybody or to hate Christians. See, like I explained before, the issue comes when someone like me, because of who my family is, leaves Islam, then it becomes a problem. But to say that I saw Christians being mistreated by my family, I've never seen that. My mother would go into areas where there was a need, where they had no food, they had no clothes, and she would fulfill that need, and then she would draw them to Islam. So there wasn't any evil that she was doing in that sense. She was helping, she was taking care of a need. And then she would talk about Islam and then I would take over at some point and then other family members and that's how, yes, there are extremists in every group. There are people that do extremist things in Christianity and in Islam. So a lot of times what we see, we assume that every Muslim is the same. That's not true. Just like they would say every Christian is the same. I think we are afraid because of the things we've seen and I understand that. But this is where we ask the Holy Spirit to give us a heart of compassion. You know, I had an interaction with the pastor this week that um, posted some stuff on my page and I was blown away because if you are a man or woman of God, if you say you love God, then you understand that souls are important to God and that love compels. You see, love and hate are not in competition because hate doesn't stand a chance. Love covers a multitude of sin. You know, the way God, Jesus loves us is reckless. And when I say reckless, I don't mean foolish, but I mean he's relentless in his pursuit. I can tell you in my testimony, God pursued me. It was such a beautiful romance. And when I say romance, I don't mean between a man and a woman, not that type of romance. God was relentless and he gave his heart to me over and over and over again. And I rejected him and I trampled upon it. I didn't know until I could no longer deny his lordship. And that's the thing. When you're ministering to Muslims, it's not a one-time conversation. I think sometimes I've met people that think they're superior to other people that don't know Christ. We are not superior. Because remember, Jesus will leave the 99 for one. Okay? So my prayer is that we are filled with compassion. That compassion fuels us. That we love as God loves. Because the very reason why Jesus came, he shed his blood for every person on this earth, whether we believe or not. I'm not saying be ignorant and foolish. Even Jesus himself said, be crafty as a serpent and gentle as a dove. You don't have to be lay your walls down and not be careful. I have to be careful because remember, I'm an ex-Muslim. So the way people address me is different. Some are just curious to see, well, why? Why would you leave? And some are, are just downright hateful. And when that happens, I have a decision to make. How am I representing Christ? It's bigger than me. So I want you to take that into account. And if you have an issue with compassion, ask the Holy Spirit to check you and bring those things to the forefront and show you how those things can be removed. As we know, in Christianity, God desires relationships. Muslims believe in the uniqueness of an all-powerful and supreme God, similar to Christians and Jews. They believe that God is creative and eternal. However, Muslims also believe that God is unknowable. Making a personal relationship with him is impossible, according to Islam. God holds himself apart from humankind. When I say God, I'm saying Allah now. Apart from humankind. 
So we need to pray that Muslims will have a full revelation of God's character and desire for relationship. The Muslim worldview is strongly influenced by an awareness of the supernatural and presence of good and evil spirits known as jinns, which are greatly feared and often taught to be responsible for illness and misfortune. And so there's a great uh, superstition. I was taught a lot of superstition things in everyday life. And this created so much fear in me. This fear reveals a felt need that can be met in the person and the authority of Jesus as we pray against the fear that influences many Muslims. You know, I can relate to this because when I came out of Islam and someone told me, well, you know, when you're praying, just talk to, talk to Jesus like he's your friend. And I thought that was so disrespectful because of how we were taught to communicate with Allah. Even the Quran, which is the Muslim holy book, it could never be below your waist. I could never sit on the floor. Well, we sat on the floor, but our feet couldn't face the Quran. So you would sit on your legs. The way people, you'll see people putting a Bible on the floor. Even now, I cannot put a Bible on the floor or on the seat of, or on the seat of my car. Or it's something that's innate in me. Now, I know that's not, I don't, I, if I wanted to put my Bible on the floor, it's, it's okay. Having a relationship with Jesus is the best thing ever. I had to learn to talk to God like he was my father. So this is what the Holy Spirit did for me. He showed his different side of his character to me in different ways. Because I had had an issue with male figures because of my past, God taught me how to trust him. He came to me as a father. He, Whatever role I needed at the time, that's how he came to me. You know, in the freedom of Christianity, I became bound because I didn't know how to function. And so a lot of times when people leave Islam, there is this fear in them because you are now taught that you are not only a son and a daughter, but you are co-heir. You're saying that I can do the same things that Jesus did. I mean, that's almost blasphemous coming in the mindset of a Muslim. And so that's something that we have to show them. I mean, guys... I get so excited when I think about how far I've come in this journey, about the fears that I have that I no longer have. And the only reason why I don't have these fears is because of the amount of time I spend with God. I stay in worship. I stay in the word. I stay praying. Some of those things that were taught to me as a Muslim, like my prayer life and the discipline, I have not given those up. I still incorporate that in my relationship with Christ because it helps me to be effective. What use is it if you say you know Christ but you're ineffective? You're not making traction. You're not seeing the fruit. When people see us, they should see Jesus. They should see the one that lives inside of us. They should want to know who is this Jesus that this person is talking about. And that's what we want to display for Muslims. We want to show love, compassion, and teach them how to build a relationship with Christ. You know, Islam teaches submission, a concept familiar to Muslims who understand that they are a servant of God. Through Islam, a Muslim can only relate to God from the position of being a servant or slave, fully submitted to God. While submission is a biblical concept, the Muslim understanding is absolutely incomplete. Christians believe that through Jesus, people can move from being servants to becoming sons and daughters. Galatians 4, 7 says, So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you his heir. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that I am a joint heir. I'm a co-heir. Thank you that I am the outward expression of the invisible God. And you've given me your whole life. Glory to God. 
Because this idea is so foreign to them, we pray that Muslims will come to understand God's desire for them to relate to him as children and not as slaves. Matthew 18.3 says, And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. I want to now talk about the concept of grace. Islam teaches that a person, that for a person to enter paradise, they have to do enough good deeds in life to outweigh the bad. So there's really no guarantee of salvation. So it's difficult for Muslims to understand the concept of grace as articulated in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 to 9. And the, content, the concepts of repentance and forgiveness are distorted. The Bible says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by your works, so that no one can boast. The Bible teaches us that all people must walk in humility and repentance in order to enter heaven. And that without extending forgiveness, God cannot forgive them. So our prayer is that all Muslims will learn true repentance and experience real grace and real forgiveness. For if you forgive other people, and this is Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 to 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now I want to share a little bit about my experience about the concept of grace. People would always approach me. I would be with my family and for some reason these Christian evangelists would always uh, seek me out out of my entire family. And I remember my family saying, something is wrong with you. Because why do they keep talking to you? And I was just like, I don't know. And it would always be older Caucasian people. And so my mom always taught us that anybody that's older than you, you respect them. So while they were talking, I would stand there and listen. I never, you know, shut them off or I would just listen. And one of the first questions they would ask me, they would say, if you die today, where would you go? And I was very honest. I would say, well, I'm going to hell. And they were shocked. Well, they'll say, well, why do you think you're going to hell? And I would respond, well, there's nothing that I could do good enough because I knew the thoughts that I was having. I knew that I was not good. There was no way that Allah would forgive me for anything. I was hellbound, but I could not leave Islam because loyalty had been imputed within to me. And I remember also, because I came from this religion, I knew I had an issue with, with compassion and with love. My love was limited. There was limits on my love. And I cried out to God and I said, Lord, you are love. So this is an issue. And I asked God to change my heart. And I tell you, God has changed my heart completely. Like I was the person that had an issue crying. Now I cry for souls. God showed me something recently in the body of Christ that people are numb. They don't have compassion. Something's wrong with that. And he told me to tell people, if that is your issue, to take it before him. And he will burn up those things that are affecting their compassion eternal. Because if you say you love God, then you ought to love as he loves. Because souls are number one priority for God. That's why he sent Jesus. In some of the versions of the Bible, it said that when God sent Jesus, he went for the jugular. So if you are not feeling compassion, something is wrong. And take it before your daddy God and tell him, God, something is wrong. And I promise you, he will do what he did for me. He removed my stony heart. Again, coming from the background I come from, I get why I was that way. Yes, you may not come from Islam, but life experiences can make a person hard. But you have to forgive. God himself forgives over and over. That 70 times, 7 times, God does it continuously. He forgives. Forgiveness is a lifestyle. Repentance is a lifestyle. 
practice forgiveness for even for little things until it just takes over your spirit then you have to do that you may be asking are your prayers being heard are you being effective in your prayers because we see that it seems like there's so many muslims and really there are like over two billion muslims yes they are and sometimes when we don't see the fruits of our works we think that we're not getting through you have to understand your role in all of this god gave me the idea and the desire to pray this whole 30 days and to also fast now that may not be your instruction but that is mine what he does with that and how it impacts other people i don't have to know all i have to do is to be obedient to the spirit of god just like i ask you to ask the holy spirit to help you and show you how you could take part in this and how you could help according to dr david garrison he is a researcher and missions strategist there have been approximately 75 major movements to christ amongst muslims during the last three decades dr david garrison says we are in the midst of the greatest turning of muslims to christ in 14 centuries of muslim christian interaction more than 80 percent of the muslim movements to christ in history have occurred in the past two to three decades a time period which coincides with the modern prayer movement for muslims never underestimate the work of the holy spirit as you pray for muslims allow god to teach you how to pray romans 8 26 says in the same way the spirit helps us in our weakness we do not know what we ought to pray but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans just go before your father just go before god and ask him because as you can see by the statistics things are happening you may not see it before your very eyes but know that you are part of god's perfect plan for these people vast numbers of muslims have come to christ as a result of supernatural encounters and dreams and visions of jesus it is only god who can open blind eyes and soften hearts only god can bring true conviction of sin and create a new life when he comes he will prove to the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment first timothy chapter 2 verse 3 and 4 says this is good and pleases god our savior who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth see i came to christ not because a human being came to me and said grace for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son no it wasn't like that for me god came to me in a vision and he didn't just come one time it was by supernatural means yes and he sent people over and over and over and over again but it was through a vision that i knew that jesus christ was the true living god i knew that i could no longer deny his lordship and i remember being feeling so desperate sitting in a walmart parking lot and crying out to god and saying look if you are the god of christianity show me a sign if you are the god of islam show me a sign and whatever way it is i will follow you i said jesus if you are the true living god then i will tell everybody i will stand before nations and i will declare your glory i didn't understand what i was saying but I knew I had to know the truth because I had an encounter that I could not deny that he was God. That this Jesus that I had been taught about, that I was taught there was a prophet, was way more than what I was taught. Do you know that in, in Islam they call him the word of God? How interesting is that? And that is written in the Quran. And I, I had to know, not only for myself, but I had a child. 
And what type of mother would I be by passing on confusion? I would refuse to be a person that was so concerned about what others thought of them that I would take this child that one day would have children of her own and impute to her confusion. I said, no, not me. I'm not going to do that. When I find out the truth, then I'm going to teach her truth. And let me tell you, guys, God showed himself. Whew, he showed himself to be faithful and he showed himself to be true and I could not deny it. It hasn't been easy. But I'm not alone. I'm never alone. And I know that. And I've given God back everything that I thought was mine. My life is not my own. It belongs to him. I'm just a vessel that he chooses to use. And it's an honor when God wants to use you. So I want to pray with you before I go. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak that whoever's listening, that if they have an issue with compassion, that you stir up the compassion in them. For not only Muslims, but for other people that don't believe as well. So that they may not know hellfire, Father. Father, give them a heart to love as you love. Stir up the compassion in them. Father, give them a desire for not only your word, but for you, God. A desire to know what's on your heart, Father. And show them your heart, Lord. Give them a heart of flesh and remove a stony heart. And Father, as we pray in this month of Ramadan for all my brothers and sisters that are still Muslim, not only my blood brothers and sisters, but all of them all over this nation, all over this globe, Father. I pray that they have increased visions and dreams, that as they sit on the musalla praying to their God, to their Allah, that you come and you intervene and you show them Jesus, that they cannot deny that you are the true living God. I speak increased visitations. I speak increased angelic visitations. Holy Spirit, overshadow them with your presence that they cannot deny that there is something else. And Father, give them the desire to seek. And as they're seeking, God, protect them. Don't let any harm come to them. Father, I love you and I thank you. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. I want to thank you for listening and I'll see you next week. We hope that you have enjoyed today's show of The Grace Experience. Be sure and like her Facebook page, Grace Wood, host of The Grace Experience Show. You can email her at experiencegrace2020 at gmail.com. Join us next week for The Grace Experience.